the lodge where old and new friends gather for discussion and camaraderie where the serious and trivial are debated with equal intensity so pull up a chair to the fire and welcome to the southern lodge hey y'all this is uh try number two at episode 17 of the southern lodge podcast due to technical difficulties on not naming any names myself computer uh we completely lost about the first 20 minutes of the first go of this show so now we have to redo it hope danny captures the magic and is as eloquent as he was before uh talking about auburn football uh maybe he lost some of the fire i don't know but once again, Danny, how you doing? Fantastic. Besides your computer blowing up, I think you need to stop having fun on that computer in your personal time. I only use the computer for podcasting, Danny. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I've already, I'm already dealing with your, your crappy cell phone Wi-Fi hotspot dragging down my audio. And then now my computer decided to be an idiot. Uh, my hotspot Wi-Fi. Uh, I just hear you dragging in the audio. The uh, talk. Part of that's part of that's probably me. So a long day. It has been a long day. Seven thirty Central Time, and I've been going with work for the last thirteen hours. I got up at five thirty this morning. I was up about the same time, but I've been working since 6.30. I've been working since 7. What time did you stop? 4.30. Exactly. I was still in a meeting at 4.30. But, nonetheless, it's been a long day. So it's probably my voice dragging a little bit, because my hotspot is handy-dandy pretty quick. All right, so uh, you've already gone over this once. Uh... I went over it once, but Aaron on the last show, you you told me you listened to it. He was he's not happy with uh, state. Uh, we'll get to that here in a minute or two, hopefully. Uh, just recap briefly, or as in depth as you want, because uh, I know we've talked. You're not happy with Auburn right now. Uh, you're not happy with the offense. I should say you like the defense. Well, so for me. Auburn's probably about the worst top 10 team I have ever seen in my entire life. They're shitty. Point blank. On offense, they're absolutely hot garbage. Um, play calling's been atrocious. Um, but it's essentially like, hey, we're going to run this no matter who's playing or what they're doing. Uh, and I think Aaron and I have kind of the same similarities, except... Um, you know, I, I did listen to some of the stats that you did you put out, but you know Auburn's offensive line's not very good right now. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with um, the type of scheme they're wanting to run or what, but it's been terrible. They're running nothing but go routes. The intermediate routes are non-existent. Um, not playing to any strengths because they get they. There's a reason why these kids were all recruited by SEC schools. They have a skill set, but what is that skill set, and why in the hell aren't you playing to that? Um, and and I hear time and time again, 
It's Gus Fiddle with the play calling. Bullshit. And that's as simple as I can say it. An Auburn fan is absolutely ridiculous to think that they're naive and they're just dumb. You know, everybody was, Rhett Lashley can't call plays. Rhett Lashley shouldn't be a freaking offensive coordinator at a Division I school, more or less Auburn. There's no way that he should have been there. Absolutely, Gus should have been calling plays. Anybody that thinks otherwise is a moron. Stupid. Dumb, stupid, whatever you want to call them. They're just dumb. And I wholeheartedly hope that Gus gets involved with the play call. I hope he just calls it. Let him call the damn plays and let him play to the strengths. Because Gus has been successful at every SEC, every school that he's ever been to is as an offensive coordinator. Whether it be Tulsa, Arkansas, Auburn, you name it. He was successful there. So what what makes it any different that he can't be successful as a head coach? I don't believe that he should be the offensive corner and head coach. I believe the head coach should be the CEO of the team and worry about both sides of the ball and the overall health of the program. But based on what we're seeing right now, something needs to happen. He needs to be involved a little bit more than what he's been doing because Chip Lindsey just doesn't have it together. He's not had a feel for calling a game you know Auburn should never have lost to LSU I don't give a shit what anybody says should have won as bad as they've been playing they should not have lost the game yet um, if they continue to play like this they're going to lose four maybe five uh, they got to fix something um, and they need to fix it in a hurry I mean there's some positives I mean Gus has been a little bit more vocal about wanting to play to the, the offensive strengths you know that was a big article that was released this week and you know, he may have the big fluffy contract with all the money, but it's it doesn't make his job secure, secure. I mean, yeah, we're not firing him this year or next year, but, you know, Gus is a legitimate good dude. Um, well, Aaron seems to think that uh, Moorhead could be fired this year because – Aaron's crazy. It, yeah, if you listen to Aaron, it's doom and gloom, and Mississippi State's about to lose every game remaining on their schedule. So. Nah, he's – He's jumping up. He he's just overreacting I, at this point. But I believe you know, so too. Gus is Gus. Gus doesn't have the excuse because Auburn's as talented as anybody. You know where the shortcomings have been. Or sometimes Gus gets too buddy buddy with his buddies, um, and he keeps them on his coaches. I Tim Horton, um, the Auburn running back coach. I mean, he can coach kids up, but he's not the strongest recruiter. I mean, we do have talent at running back, but we don't. We get too many scat backs. Sometimes you need a complete back. Carry on Johnson. Carry on's fantastic. He was fantastic at Auburn. You know, with Trey Mason. Trey was a little smaller, but Trey had Trey played the game the right way. Um, we had Cameron Norris Payne, who's a little heavy. You know, we had a few guys that were pretty good. We just have to adapt. Like we have to, got to figure something out with the offensive line, and we got to recruit it better. We got to. We've had too many villains. You know, we had to transfer last year. We had four or five seniors. Um, Golson was a transfer. Darius James was a transfer. Dunn was a, a grad transfer. Um, believe the other two were recruited 
But I mean, we're missing on this. We're missing on the recruiting on the offensive line, and it's starting to show. I mean, you can't just plug in a grad transfer every every year and expect it to kind of put a bandaid over something. Eventually, at some point, you're going to have to recruit these guys, and you're going to have to coach them up. You know, and that's just not something that we're doing very well right now. Um, you know, luckily we have a the top three defense in the country. So, like I was saying, at some point they're going to have to put somebody in place that can recruit and develop these kids. You know, if we can't miss, it's acceptable to miss every now and then, but you can't miss as much as we're missing on the offensive line. And, and truthfully be told, I don't I don't believe we have a lack of talent right now. We just have got to figure out what their strengths are and play to those strengths, and it'll resolve some issues. We have enough talent at certain positions to overcome other shortcomings. You just have to play to that. Every good coach plays to his strengths. They adjust. They fix. And that's my problem with Chip Lindsey. I think Chip Lindsey's over his damn head. I don't think he was ready for a job like this. He wasn't proven enough. I wasn't excited about the hire to begin with. The only optimism I had is that he was going to bring a little – I figured he was going to bring a little bit more diverse pass game and introduce some you know, some more creativity to the position, but it's worse than it ever has been. There is zero creativity with Auburn's offense right now, and it's, it's ridiculous. Um, luckily, the defense is great. It's number three in the country of uh, scoring defense. Uh, they can give up 13 points a game or something like that, or 12. Uh, through, was this week six? Yeah, this is week six coming up. They've, they've given up five touchdowns mm-hmm. in six weeks. It's pretty outstanding. Um, they're good at every level. You know, they make mistakes. The DBs do, but the DBs are real young. Um, they're going to continue to grow and get better. I mean, they could still be a very good team if they fix some things and get the offense moving, you know, to keep the defense fresh. But right now the defense, you know, although they've only given up five touchdowns all year, they've been stretched a little bit. And that's only a matter of time before it breaks because you're asking them to be on the field the entire game because you're going three and out way too often. Yeah, I know. And that was something we had talked about on here after the Washington game was uh, for the first quarter, Auburn's defense looked unstoppable. And then uh, throughout the rest of the game, they weren't – they were beatable, we should say. Auburn was making some – or Washington was making some plays on Auburn's defense. So, if they could get complete game – which they I guess they have been doing because they've been winning – uh, LSU not was notwithstanding, but I think if Auburn could get a, and I guess some of us probably got to be with, uh, you know, fatigue and all that. But if they could get a complete game domination from their defense, like they're capable, Auburn, well, I don't think they'd be the weakest top ten team you've ever seen. Well, it's not the defense that's the problem. The defense doesn't worry me. It's the offense. The defense is going to keep us in every game. It's the offense that has got to get moving. It's got to be productive. It's got to to kind of score. I mean, we beat Arkansas 34-3, to and I have no idea how the hell we beat them by 31 points. That game was not a 31-point game. I mean, it really was not. I mean, it just it was much closer than that. Um, we've played a pretty tough schedule. I mean, we've played Washington, um, LSU. 
We've played Arkansas. We played Southern Miss. Southern Miss, you know, sure they're not a big name team, but they're usually pretty competitive. Um, and then we got Mississippi State this weekend, which, you know, little news for everybody out there that Chamber or Michael and I will be going <laughs> to the game to join Aaron. We will. He had uh, two tickets open up, and we were able to find a hotel room and use some points. So. Other than food and drink, uh, no money will be spent on this trip. Uh, apparently, and we also see him next weekend too yep. for the Auburn Tennessee game. So it's back to back weeks. It'll be Mike's and I, Mike and I's third week or third game this year. Mike's turning into an Auburn fan. Yeah, don't. Yeah, people are already making that joke. Let's not put it out there. <laughs> in fact i was going to do something nice for danny uh when we went to the auburn washington game i wore a tennessee shirt and he was upset about that because uh tennessee wasn't playing at the georgia dome and i said no but they were playing that week and when he asked me what i was going to wear to this game i said well i got a plain white columbia polo i'm going to wear and he goes well don't you wear your tennessee shirt i said because tennessee ain't playing so you know i'll i'll I'd take I mean, if you want to wear your Tennessee stuff, wear it. You know, be a good fan. But you know, they're not playing this week. Wear white. I don't. I'm wearing probably blue. Um, but yeah, and, I don't know. Uh, Got to be in my best behavior this weekend. Aaron's going to be Since in the a- uh, the adult beverages, so I got to make sure him and Danny don't get too uh, heated on the Fitz debate, which I know is going to come around at some point during the tailgate. No, it will not. Oh. Uh. I will be outnumbered like five thousand to one. So, oh, without a doubt, there's no going to be any debates. It's going to be me wearing my Auburn stuff and me keeping my mouth shut. And I, I might say War Eagle or whatever, but I'm not going to. And and I wasn't like this in the Washington game. And you can go over that. I don't talk shit during the game. And just that's not the way that I like to do it. I like to be sure. I, I get a little enthusiastic when Auburn does something really well, and I'll cheer. But I'm not one of those guys that's like, F-U-F state, blah, 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 blah. I don't do that. Because I don't want somebody doing it to me. And I, Aaron and I have had that discussion already. No, and uh, Aaron and them seats are actually in pretty good uh, sections. I forget I forget what section they are, but they're in like uh, row two or three, and there's a whole block of them. So the, and I, I've gone to a game with them before. I went and saw South play Mississippi State in, in the section they're in. They're, they're good seats, So, uh, and it's a night game, so it won't be – blistering hot when we're in the stadium um and apparently we're getting moe's original barbecue to cater and uh a little surprised when i brought up desserts to aaron and he didn't know about the oreo pudding it's pretty good i've only had it once but change your life almost i mean the (coughs) banana pudding is good too but i mean if you're gonna get a dessert you get the oreo pudding I haven't really gone to Moe's all that much, though, to be honest with you. I've been a few times, but I mean, I think their barbecue's overrated to begin with. I do, too, but that's why I go and get the Oreo pudding. I don't go to Moe's for the barbecue. I go for the desserts. Their best thing's the nachos, bro. Well, I should have piped that's up. Aaron might have been able to order some. Oh, I'm not being – I'm not – beggars can't be choosers. Uh, Yeah, I know, so – I haven't gone tailgating with Aaron and them. We didn't do it for the South Alabama State game because it was an early game. Uh, but I know they do it a little bit better now because last time I did do a tailgate with Aaron, uh, it was 
basically Aaron and uh, Tristan or you know, Aaron was still a student, so he didn't have his season tickets yet. But he basically had a cousin that set up a tent. But now he's got his whole family have season tickets. So they've got like 10 of them that have tickets. So I think they do the tailgating for real now. And I think they set oh, up so around. So it's going to uh, be a family event? Yeah, yeah. Aaron's parents will be there. I, I'm pretty sure the tickets that aren't going, it's probably – it's I don't know. Andrew might come. He's got a brother that's a doctor in Fort Worth that goes to the games. It, it, it's one of his brothers and the wife that can't come. So I just yeah, don't know so. if it's going to be Anthony or Andrew. But so that's, I don't have to that's worry why about we got them talking mess to me. No, no. Uh, I think they – well, last time I walked – last time I went with Aaron – um, his brothers were there tailgating around some friends, but I don't, like I said, I don't know their tailgate set up now, but it, his parents will be there. So it won't be too bad. Yeah. No, no one's going to get out of hand in front it. of Dale and Deborah. I mean, he's, he's thinking that the damn world's ending with Mississippi state. Like I said to you, um, I, if Mississippi state beats Auburn, I would not be surprised. It well, could, it could very well happen. Um, and I could also see another uh, really close to a seven, three to two game. I mean, no BS. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you were a little upset when I uh, when I sent that article to you and Aaron the other day. <laughs> I wasn't upset about it. I mean, I just, I mean, setting it back twenty years is stupid. Well, it's a three to two game. You talk about twenty years. You know, in the last twenty years, Auburn's been. It's about as consistent as a program as anybody in the country. So is Tennessee. You sure? Consistently bad. <laughs> okay. I, was, I, I mean, that's why y'all aren't getting to me this year because I know Tennessee ain't good, and y'all are all y'all were all hyped up. I knew Tennessee wasn't going to be good. That's why when y'all trash talk me, I'm just like, yep, yep, Tennessee's not good. You started to get excited last week because they started showing some signs. Are you t are you talking about that that forty six to twenty loss to Florida? I'm talking about Georgia. Oh, well, I just there's some effort being shown. That's what I was glad to see. So a couple super bounces in Tennessee's really in that game, and this goes back to the beginning of the season when we made our predictions. I do not think Georgia's all that. I really don't. Yeah. Um, I just everybody's like, oh, well, they got all these players. Yeah, man, but what Saban does on a consider, everybody thinks that Kirby's doing what Saban's doing. Bullshit. Saban, what Saban's doing cannot be reenacted. Nobody in the history of college football's ever done what he's doing. Nobody, and it ain't gonna be a little bowl cut over there. He ain't doing it either. He can you can kick rocks on that. They're gonna lose a couple games this year. Well, going to have to change this podcast to explicit with road traveling Danny over there. Oh, this is everyday Danny over here. Exactly. Uh, um, no, I agree no, with I you, just don't, but I, don't I just don't know if – uh, I, I mean, maybe Auburn, but honestly, I thought Missouri was going to be the team to give Georgia some problems, and they weren't. Uh, of course, Georgia's still got to play Kentucky, so maybe Kentucky, maybe Kentucky, Kentucky and Auburn. I mean, but well, they still have. They, I, I think, so what you got? Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn left on Georgia's schedule before you get to Atlanta. And, that are and the this tough is games. Another my downfall about having preseason rankings. You know, Auburn's number eight because of a preseason ranking. Auburn shouldn't be number eight. They should be like twentieth. I mean, but 
you know, you should have an idea who's a good team, but that should not hold any value when it comes to the playoffs. There's no way that Georgia's number two in the country. Nobody anywhere can tell me that they are. They have not. Who is their non-conference? Georgia Tech? Uh, aren't they going to exactly. play Clemson this year or something? No. I don't know. No, they don't play Clemson. They're, they don't play anybody this year. Theirs is worse than Alabama's. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, Georgia's number two because of what all the hype was. Um, there will not be two SEC teams going to the playoffs this year. No, because if Notre Dame keeps going the way they're doing, they'll they'll get in. So, yeah. I found myself pulling for Ohio State Saturday. So, they make the playoffs and they beat Alabama. <laughs> Actually, Georgia has to play LSU this year as well. So Out of conference. I'm, I'm just saying. Let's see. Who is their other schedule? It's like Austin P. Uh, um I don't even know. They're terrible. I don't see any more. Let's see. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, I'm just saying I don't see any more. Oh, UMass. They play UMass week 12. Georgia Tech. So, yeah. I mean, they've got a pretty decent schedule, except for UMass. Their schedule's easy. I mean, UMass, Georgia Tech's not very good. They it's a triple Austin option, P. though. I mean... They played Austin P. Um, I mean, they just don't have like a big out of conference game. Tennessee played West Virginia. Auburn played Washington. Alabama attempted to beat play a decent opponent five years ago when they made the schedule and playing Louisville. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like Alabama's. That's what gets me upset about the people that talk about Alabama and teams in the SEC having the cupcake schedule because they're still just playing eight conference games. Alabama doesn't need to play like USC every year right now at least. Like Saban's built his teams up to where, yeah, even if they played the school of the blind three times and then SEC schedule, they would still be good. Like do you really need to see Alabama beat USC before the playoffs or Clemson before the playoffs? No. I think it's important. Because, mm. I, I mean, you're still holding merit based on what – team was the year before now what i don't get is how clemson got a vote clemson got a first place vote in the ap poll i don't see how that happens i mean you almost lose to syracuse at home syracuse field yeah and they rushed the field syracuse doesn't choke that game away that's a loss i mean they're not gonna lose to anybody else though uh they still got miami don't they dude or they'll have miami in the championship I thought they put that. Didn't Miami switch to the other quarterback, that uh, Perry kid? I don't think it matters. I mean, Notre but, Dame switched their quarterback out. Notre Dame might lose this weekend. But I I honestly think Ohio State's going to be the only team that can beat Alabama. And the only reason I say that is because of the talent they have on the defensive line. Um, they got Nick Bosa that – Not playing. He'll play in the end of the year. If he's still the same after coming back from surgery. That dude's a freak. Yeah. He is an absolute monster. That young guy single-handedly won Ohio State the game against Penn State. He was the only player that was good. But they have a very strong defensive line. And they're, you know, and Urban play saving good. So, we'll see. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, that's the. I think that's the only shot because they have the athletes across the board and well coached team. Yeah, we'll I see. Alabama's, I don't think Alabama's defensive line is, um, but I do want to address what Aaron was the doom and gloom of Aaron. Well, before you get to that, on the light note, yeah, before we lost all our recorded audio from the last session, I had mentioned that uh, Derek Brown, Auburn's defensive lineman, Matt, Matt Miller put out his uh, a mock draft already for this year, and uh, I said he was a mid-first rounder. He's actually got a mock going 22nd to the Broncos, and in a surprise, Matt Miller had Jarrett Stenham going – at like 17 to the Patriots or something like that, which we'll see. Uh, I don't Stidham like will go it. High because but, of, well, he'll go high because of quarterback, of, yeah. Well, it's not just quarterback. It's, you know, a projection. You know, he'll he'll get drafted in the first round. Of course, I mean, the, Drew Locke will probably be a first round. There's a couple more quarterbacks that will move up into the first round that aren't. Being, These are going to be – they're going to go to know. teams. They're not going to be high-end first-rounders. Maybe – uh, the Oregon guy because he's doing he's playing really well. Well, they've got him being going number five or six to the Giants right now. So they've and they got the Lions who right now would be picking eighth apparently. Uh, taking Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, out of a, a rusher I saw an article. Yeah, Clemson. Yep. But yeah, he's good. I mean, I mean, they're. Derek Brown's going to be – like, well, in the other podcasts I was explaining about Derek Brown. Derek Brown's very physically gifted, 6'5", 325. The problem with Derek Brown is he is 6'5", playing defensive tackle. The offense and defensive lines, low man wins. When you're 6'5", and your defense, that's a little harder to play. Um, you got to keep your pad level low. When he get, when he puts it all together, he's he's amazing. But there's times where he plays a little high. Um, but he's incredibly gifted. You know, he's, he's as good as we've had in a long time. I mean, and he's a good guy. Like, you don't ever hear anything bad about him. Um, I saw that he went on, like, a mission trip to, like, I don't even know where it is. I'm not even going to try to guess. But he went. But and you never hear anything bad. I mean, the guy stays out of trouble. He does what he's supposed to do. Seems like a good team player. Does what he's asked, you know. But I, I will say, like we were talking, another one. Deshaun Davis is the man. Deshaun, he's from Mobile, um, which is where I grew up, and Mike went to college. And Deshaun Davis is the day he graduates college, or he's already graduated. The day he's his eligibility is over with, he will be some type of uh, graduate assistant for a coach because he just – his football IQ is fantastic. He's always around the ball. He knows. Like, he knows what's going on. He knows how to play and just the things that he does. I mean, he's the kind of guy that you want on your team. You want leading your team. He just doesn't have all the physical traits to play at the next level. He's a little too slow, a little shorter. Man, when he hits you, he's going to make the tackle. And you can watch him this weekend – um, against Mississippi State because Mississippi State's going to run the ball a lot. He'll be on every play. Well, if you listen to Aaron, they're not going to run the ball enough. So uh, if you want to get into – because I think Aaron was expecting you to have a little something to say about his Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, I really think Aaron calmed down a little bit after I gave him some stats showing that Nick was basically throwing and completing the same amount of passes he was last year. 
but then Aaron brought up the uh, percentage of the offense this year that's been run compared to past, compared to last year. Um, I went back and crunched the numbers, and it's uh, last year they threw the ball uh, 36% of the time. Right now they're throwing it 34% or 4, 44% of the time. So it's an 8% increase. Minuscule. Well, yeah, I mean – um, and over that's, a season, that's not causing them to win or lose no. a game. Over a season, it'll probably equalize out a little bit more. So, um, yeah. what it seems to me is they, if I were a defensive coordinator and I was game planning around Mississippi State, I play man to man coverage on the outside and say, "Beat me with your arm, Fitzgerald, because you're not going to beat me with your legs." And that appears to me what is going on. Um. Auburn's played very well against Fitzgerald in the past two years. Um, hell, I don't think they've scored more than ten points against us in you know both games. They've it's been pretty lopsided. Play the run, you know, make him beat you with his arm. I just don't see the consistency there, and I don't think winning with 50, 50 or sub fifty percent quarterback is going to be possible against the upper echelon teams. In the SEC, I, Auburn, Alabama, Kentucky's pretty good this year. Kentucky's a lot better. They're they're legit. They beat you down with the run game, you know, and their defense makes plays. Well, and one thing, though, that does worry me about Kentucky was when I looked at their stats and um, the quarterback is – uh, he's got some yardage, but he's only thrown two touchdowns, but and he has five interceptions. But he's doing he's doing a lot of his damage on the ground. He's completing some passes that he needs to, and he's scoring with his feet. But I was a little surprised. I thought he had more than just two touchdowns thrown but through their, the air. Their defense is legit. It is they and they've got a they've got a guy that uh, they've got a first round talent on their defense. Josh Allen, yeah, the linebacker. Yeah, I mean they're very well coached and they play really well. They're. They're a very hungry team this year, and, and Mississippi State caught them on the. They were on the road, and they played in Kentucky, in Lexington, the week before is. the Florida game. I mean, it, and that very well could have played into it. I just think, you know, Kentucky had their number. You know, they they did what I said they were gonna like. That's what I would do: play the run, make Fitzgerald beat you. You know, if he makes a long pass, live with it. You know, because he's not gonna do it consistently. Right, and I and think, I don't think uh, they have the athletes on the outside either. Well, and that's what Aaron was. Aaron brought up the whole A and M and Mississippi State, and that's where I, you know, uh, I just pulled up the the averages for the last oh, five yeah. recruiting classes, and yeah, A and M is underachieved, and uh, Mississippi State's probably overachieved a little bit, but. Uh, a&M was averaging the 10th class in the country for the past five years, and Mississippi State was at 27. So uh, it is what it is. But uh, I think a lot of that was Aaron coming off two losses on a season where he was picking State to finish second in the West, winning 10 to 11 games. And uh, uh, I think the, the Florida game hurt a lot more than what he wants to let on, losing to Dan, even though, you know, he, he – praises Dan for changing the culture and bringing winning to Mississippi State. Uh, and I know it hurt. I, uh, I'm not hurting, but I know as much as he didn't want to, I know there was probably a sour taste in his mouth when Dan finally decided to leave. But uh, I think there's a little bit more going on than Joe Moorhead offensive system not working. And I really think it's, one, yes, it is Fitzgerald being a little inconsistent. And when you, when you can't, 
get first downs and you can't, you know, connect on some slants that will kill your drives and kill your your uh, momentum. But also, I think the O line is is underachieved. If you can't run uh, the ball, that's on the O line as much as it is anything else. And uh, the games I've watched Mississippi State, he hasn't had much time to pass to begin with. So uh, sure. I think uh, I think against Florida, Aaron said he had six sack. There were six sacks on him, and probably just as many hurries or hits. So. Well, and and this is always the thing that I was taught, and I, you know, I played football most of my, you know, child and teenage years, and you know, you run the ball to open up the pass, but when you have a, a fifty or sub fifty percent passer, what are you opening up? What why why go away from the run if you're why scheme against the run as a defensive coordinator when he, there's really not a lot pointing to that he can beat you consistently. You know, and when he does make a good throw, is your DB going to make a better play? You know, there's – I mean, like I said, man, for me, he ain't seeing anything less than a seven-man front for me, seven men in the box. I'd put them all. I'm leaving them. You know, show me you're going to beat me at the pass. And even then, I just – I'd die off of it. You know, if he want to beat us through the air, you got us. Yeah, so I just went back and checked the stats. There were six sacks and – two quarterback hurries, um, and three passes defended. So that means DB's got their hands on balls and deflected, basically. But, yeah, we'll we'll see a little bit more of this game. This is going to be the best defense that they've seen all year. Auburn's defense is going to be the best that they've seen. Right, because they haven't played LSU or Alabama yet. Auburn's defense is better than LSU's. Uh, Who won that game? They won by a damn field goal. How many penalties were on that last drive, which led to the field goal? I don't know. I, I'm not an Auburn fan, not an LSU Dude, fan. They had three pass interferences on the last drive. Well, maybe Auburn's DB shouldn't be holding. I don't know. Oh, you're full of shit too. Uh, you and but, Aaron I and mean, the uh, the referee scandals. Well, and and my biggest thing with the referees, like I understand wanting to play a very fair and clean game, but don't dictate the outcome. Do not – that's not what you're there to do. You're not there to dictate the outcome of the game. You know, there's a penalty on every play. Whether you call it or not, there's one on every play. But is that going to dictate the play? You know, I don't know if it was me and – if we were talking about this the other day, but, you know, say the ball's being run to the right in the left corner on the opposite side of the field gets held. Do you throw that flag? Is he going to make that play? No, he's nope. not going to make that It just depends play. if throw the it? running back cuts back and cuts, cuts cross field, and maybe that cornerback could have made a play then. Yeah, but. I get what you're saying, and I probably agree with you. Because it, it just should not, the referees should not, out, out, they should not dictate the outcome of the game. And unfortunately, this year, the, the SEC refs have been awful. I mean, they really have. They've been just downright embarrassing. I mean, they just have not done a very good job about things, and I really don't like that. I mean, what they throw? Was it three flags in a row against Tennessee in the punt formation? Yeah, which 
some of that, uh, I don't agree that the kid was lined up. It's not like he was two yards off the line of scrimmage. No he shit. Was, he was just off the leg. He off was barely head. off the foot. I mean, that was ridiculous. It, that should have been a point where the official should have been like, hey, move up a little bit. No, well, don't call it. It's not dictating anything. No. That's that's what I'm talking about. Is It's literally dictating the outcomes of the game. I mean, Tennessee was a couple bounces away from really being in that game. Yeah, you know, Tennessee's uh, stupid fumble. Georgia's first touchdown off the fumble. Um, I mean, it was twenty-four to twelve at one point. If they don't get that first one, and maybe they kick a field goal, you know, maybe it's uh, they get some momentum. maybe it's they twenty to twelve really or something. They were playing hard. I mean, they they can't dictate, and that's just that's stupid. And sure, technically, is it a penalty? Yes. But come on. I don't think it was egregious enough to call. Like like you and I both said, he was barely he was barely a foot was maybe too hip. far back. Yeah. Carson uh, and I were speaking about that because Carson and I watched the games this weekend. And it, sometimes it's just tough, man. Like, don't call the tic-tac BS. Like, and I'm going to jump a little bit to the Lions just for a split second because, you know, the Lions got screwed over by some penalties. Um, that really cost them. And they, even at the post game, they said that they practiced to play against them, to, to play with these referees because they were a flag-happy crew. Hmm. Why? Why? Why throw flags like that when a lot of times are unnecessary? Auburn, or the Lions had a penalty. So Dak was back in, or he's in his drop. He runs away from the rusher, falls down, barely gets tapped by the rusher. So technically he is down. No whistle was blown. Then the rusher pushes him. They call a 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty on it. Next play, touchdown. <laughs> I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. You, 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 how? 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 I mean, it wasn't a freaking lay him out hit he pushed him and Dak fell and they called him an unnecessary roughness and that's just that's part of my point when it comes to it like man don't dictate the outcomes of the games by you know throwing flags left and right there's no reason for it because you can literally throw a flag on every play of the game yeah I mean you technically could there's always holding every play there's holding whether or not you want to call it or not it's always holding well, what I think's gotten ridiculous is this uh, hands to the face ruling. Uh, if someone's, if a D lineman or an O lineman is pushing inside uh, the armpits and his hand, up. it slips up. If he, if to me, if you don't grab the face mask or you're not on the face mask, it's not hands to the face. If your if your hands get under his chin and it pushes up. That's just too bad for for whoever it happens to. But he's not he's not grabbing. To me, it's it's like the face mask. Now, a face mask it's should tic-tac. be called, but if if you're not putting your hands physically on someone's helmet and controlling him, it's not hands to the face. And I mean, don't I, I never thought I would say this, but bring back the five yard face mask. Uh, you well, know, like I don't a, think you can because going fast, you I mean, you could do it, but you know. I think they need to get rid of pass interference being a spot foul myself, but I know they do it now to 
Well, they do it. Yeah, they do it to uh, discourage it because if it was a 15-yard one, people are more likely to do it than if it's a 60-yard penalty. But I just don't like it. But there's no consistency with the calls in the NFL or in college. No. You know, if there's hand fighting going on both ways, how do you make that call? And a lot of times these calls are being made by officials that are behind the play or have poor angles, and the first person to interfere isn't the one that's called for it. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen wide receivers push off and the DB slap his hand away and he's called for pass interference or some such okay. thing. So it, it's, it's just that's always been my biggest complaint. Don't, don't dictate the outcome of the game. The referees are not there to dictate the outcome. And unfortunately, here lately, they've been there. And when it comes to the NFL, you can't play defense anymore. Nobody can play defense anymore. No, you and it's really sad uh, because all the offensive records are being broken this year. And uh, I don't know if it was if it was Aaron and I talking about this or I was talking to somebody else about it. But it needs to come down to the point where, yeah, CTE, brain trauma is a real thing. But the science isn't there uh, until they show me – they need to start cutting open people's brains that weren't athletes and if, to see if CTE is just something that happens or if it is something that uh, – because there's too many football players that aren't affected. There's too many athletes that have regular lives later in life that aren't affected by it to, for it to be hits to the head or what's causing it. So, Well, the, the normal name for the disease – I know the scientific name is CTE, whatever that stands for, but – it's also called Lou Gehrig's disease, and Lou Gehrig played. No, Lou Gehrig is uh, ALS. Oh, the same thing. No, two different things. Oh. I thought it was ALS and CTE were the same thing. No, no, they're two different things. But it's still a head trauma issue. Yes. Uh, No. I thought ALS has something to do with concussions because he got hit in the head with a baseball too many times. You'd have to do some research on it, but I don't think so. We'll have to discuss that. Uh, I know, uh, I know. That's, St- that's what Steve Gleason for the Saints has. Uh, he's got uh, ALS. He played for eight years as a special teamer. But yeah, we'll have to talk about that on the next one. But CTE and ALS, two different things. Uh, and CTE is the brain one, and that's or and that's what everybody's freaking out about now. But uh, you're signing up. You know what the hell you're getting into. Well, and that's what I was talking to Aaron about. The the old the guys from back in the sixties and seventies and fifties that were making thirty thousand dollars a year and then the off season they were used car salesmen or do they you know that you had to get another job to live. And then the NFL they were like, Well, you know, I'm not feeling good. They were like, Take pain pills, take these pills. Them guy those guys deserve something. But these guys making uh the league minimum is like six hundred thousand dollars. I'm sorry, and you get treatment, and you get this. I'm sorry. Be better with your money. I'm sorry. Be better with your money. Well, pay, sure. everybody pay for take, insurance. Everybody, t- everybody takes risks at their jobs. Like, dude, my, I can die tomorrow on my job. I drive anywhere from two to eight hours in a day when I'm on the road. I climb on roofs for my job. You know, there's a big thing with commercial roofs on metal roofs that they spray a coating over top of uh, skylights. Dude, I, my big butt can fall straight through <laughs> one, and, and I can be paralyzed the rest of my life. What the hell is going to happen then? I agree with you, you though. Know, I, there, there needs I mean, to be a waiver. There needs to be a waiver. Everybody takes the risk. Everybody knows what they're signing up to. And 
I'm going to keep this very simple. Um, I know it was all coming before this, but Junior Seau and his family started the big B-Fit. I'm going to try to keep it PG. Um, and because he went crazy, you know, whether or not it was legitimately from CTE, I, I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody will ever know. They could say that he had the onset of it, but, and so did Aaron Hernandez, but Aaron Hernandez was probably freaking crazy before then. Yeah. And, uh, he was like that going into Florida, apparently, you know, junior say I made millions and millions of dollars and his family's broke. He made very poor from what I've read, is he made very poor investments, and he blew through his money. Now they want some crazy amount of money from the NFL. No. No, no, no. And I'm going to leave it at that, and we'll move on. But Well, also, to- uh, well, I want to, because you did touch on, touch on Junior, um, I was I listened to uh, the Fighter and the Kid podcast. It's uh, one you should check out, too. It's uh, Brendan Schaub and uh, Brian Callen. Uh, Brendan Schaub used to be a UFC fighter. Uh, I actually didn't know, but he actually played for the University of Colorado and I think went to a couple training camps with some NFL teams before he switched over to MMA. And Brian Callen's just a comedian or whatnot. But um, they were I was listening to an older episode, and they were talking about this. And because, uh, you know, Brendan Schaub played football for however long, and then he fought for seven years taking shots to the head. And he was, and uh, he was like, you know, I don't feel nothing, and that's where, you know, he's the one that brought up, you know, there's too many of these guys that aren't feeling it, and, you know, it, he was like, I don't know if it's just, um, this is just the worst case scenarios of these guys, but he also brought up, and this is something I, I kind of, you know, I, I like where he's going with this, but a lot of these guys that do go crazy and or, or, or do, you know, go to the dark place, it's a lot of them that don't have anything to focus on when football's over uh and you know junior didn't do anything after football he basically quit playing football and you made some bad decisions but he didn't have anything where you look at you know the ones that are all on tv or they have their restaurants or people like john elway that are running teams or whatnot you know these people that have passions outside of football and are able to channel that energy that got them into the nfl and playing long term in the nfl they seem to do a little better because I, I don't know if it's they have their brain working on something compared to these guys that just, as soon as they're done, they don't do anything and they just sit and and whatnot. So I think he he uh, briefly went on some of that about on the Joe Rogan one time, and I and I don't disagree. I mean, dude, you and I don't come from money. You hand me twenty million dollars and I'll live very comfortably for the rest of my life. I'll hunt. I'll fish. I will take trips and I'll live it up and I'll have a good life. I won't have, you won't hear any complaints from me. I can go around murdering nobody. I played football for 11, 10 years, something like that. I mean, hitting people in the head all the time, you know, hasn't dictated that for me. And I mean, Sure, I only played in high school, but man, I just well, me, uh, they were talking about you know, well, just playing in high school apparently is enough to do it to you because uh, that backup quarterback for Washington State that uh, committed suicide uh, was it this summer? Yeah, uh, no, two summers ago. Two summers year. ago, 
he supposedly had the brain of a 60 year old and he was only, you know, he was an underclassman in college and wasn't even, you know, the last time he played major time was in high school. So, but, but I mean, kids are born disabled all the time, man. Some, it happens. It's life. It does not mean that you can go after somebody else because of an unfortunate situation that happened to you. Right. That is that gives you no excuse, and I mean, we might be very small minority of this thinking of this way of thinking. I mean, come on, man! In this day and age, and unfortunately, I feel bad for if any of us ever have kids. You know, we don't have any right now, but if we do, of the world that they have to grow up in, it's so soft and it's so. Uh, look at me, and I'm gonna blame everybody, and I want something for nothing. I'm gonna sue everybody that I talk to. That pisses me off, and that's wrong. Well, you got to make something of your life. You mm-hmm. make your decisions. You're in control. You control the outcome. Do what you need to do. You're putting yourself in every situation possible. Control it. You know, if a shitty situation happens to you, deal with it. Fight it. Do something. You know, but don't sit there and try to sue everybody. That's true. And, yeah. you know, I mean, and there's cases of things that have happened to people that we know that they were put in very bad situations because of a job that has affected them. And, and, I, and at that point, I can see it. You know, it's a little different there. And it's just, you know, just people are too so happy. They want a lot for nothing. Everybody wants to make all this money, and they don't want to do anything for it. Play the damn lottery. Which I am playing right now because they are getting extremely high. Um, oh, I know. I'm buying tickets tomorrow too. <laughs> I've had <laughs> them for. Waiting. I've had them for a couple of. You know, I do the multi-play tickets or whatnot. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you and I. I think we all as a whole are in a very, very few minority here with the way that we think because I think we were raised differently than I think we were all raised middle class. We were all raised to work, you know. Well, I don't want to say it either, but, I mean, I think southern people are raised a little different than people in other parts of the country. Uh, I'm not Uh, saying. Sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, I I don't want to. I really don't want to say it either, but there might be a little, there really might be a little something to conservative raising compared to liberal raising, so. I was raised extremely blue collar, and as most of you know, I was born in the north. Uh, my family, my grandparents still live in the north. They spent half the year in, in Michigan, half the year in Alabama, and most of my you know uncles and aunts and all of them they live in the north. My parents were raised in the north. First thirty years of their lives, they were in the north. You know, so I was raised off northern morals and in a southern land. For, I work for everything that I've ever had. Nobody's ever given me anything. And, you know, I can grind with the best of them. You know, I don't have a college degree, and I do fairly well for myself. You know, it's not what you... You got to work, man. I don't care what kind of piece of paper you have. If you ain't going to put any work ethic in, and you're going to just ask for a handout, and you're not going to get anywhere in life. And and blue-collar is... It's not just southern. It's not just northern. It is the way that you're raised and how you want to act. You know, yeah. I've dated people that girls that have wanted, they've had this 
unrealistic expectation uh, of a life that, you know, their parents work really hard to get. So they just automatically assume that that's what they're going to have. And they're just, and they don't want to do anything. No, that ain't how the world works. You have to contribute. You know, the very, there's a very, what, small percentage of people that live this fantasy life that everybody thinks that they can obtain just by being who they are. They're just going to lock into it. They don't have to put any work in it. Bullshit. You have to work for it. Somebody had to do something to make that money. It's true. You have to work for it. But we've got off on a tangent. Um, I want to go back to the Mississippi State thing. <laughs> I think Aaron. I think Aaron needs to calm down a little bit. I think he needs. I think he he's drank too much Kool Aid over the summer of everybody buying in because of Jeffrey Simmons and Sweat and a couple other defensive players and Aeneas and the, and who they and played the first three weeks maybe Fitzgerald and you know he drank the Kool Aid on it and do they have some really good pieces yes. Um, uh, I just don't know. It's hard to consistently win at Mississippi State because they don't get top-end talent consistently. They may pluck a few four or five stars here and there, but the majority of their players are two- and three-star players. And you have to develop them, and you have to coach them up. And I will give credit where credit is due. Dan Mullen was very good at that. He was. And I think Aaron's a little spoiled when it comes to Dan Mullen because I really think Dan Mullen did a really good job of getting the best out of his players and playing to their strengths. You can't get, you can't, it's hard to make a judgment on Moorhead right now through five games of the year. You know, I still think Mississippi State will have a good year. They're going to, I mean, it's going to be a tough year because they play in the SEC West. Regardless or not, they got to play very, six very tough games. And, you know, um, it's just part of it. Yeah. And uh, I know at the beginning when we were talking and you found out that Kentucky was. Uh, Mississippi State's permanent cross-division rivalry. You were very upset about that, but it's finally, you know, like we just discussed, Kentucky is finally good, very good for once. So it wasn't and, the, and that, But that's not every year. No. You know, they're getting better. Yes, they are. They're getting better, but that's not a consistent, you know, for them. And I, I don't think it ever will be. You know, Mark Stoops is doing a good job. Um whether or not it's going to be something that they do, they do year in and year out is another thing. I don't think that's going to be consistently how they perform. Um, but, you know, a lot of the teams that do are very, you know, successful, you have to look at the landscape of where they are and what they can recruit or the, what their this talent is in their recruiting little space, you know. Auburn is they get the state of Alabama. State of Alabama's got some pretty good talent. You know, you know, consistently they usually have some very good top end talent. We do have to split that talent with Alabama for the most part. And there's a, a kid here and there that gets plucked away from some other school. But for the most part is, you know, Alabama and Auburn. And we're what, 
30, 40 miles from the state of Georgia. You know, so we have a good footprint into Georgia. Why do you think Georgia is so damn successful? It's because Georgia has talent out of this world in the state. Well, you saw the state school. The number one player in the country just decommitted from uh, Georgia, and he's got Auburn and Miami pretty high on his list, wide receiver. He's he's gone to Auburn like 15 times. Mm. Well, they said he decommitted after visiting Miami, so or after setting up an official to Miami. I know. Um, Hazelwood, he's not the number one player in the country. On ESPN he is. Oh, well, I don't really care for what ESPN is. No, I follow the 247 composite, but uh, when I saw it, it was on ESPN today. They have him I, They have him as their number one player. Um, you know. Still the number one wide we had, receiver. We had the number one. Auburn had the number one player in the country, according to ESPN, and he barely played in two and a half years and transferred. And I don't even think he's playing in Maryland. So, you know, sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. You know, it's just, you know, luck. Sometimes kids just, you blow them up in high school and they just think, oh, everything is going to be easy. Ronnie Gardner's always been good as Auburn's defensive line coach because, you know, he recruits the piss out of them. And when they get to college, he breaks him down so he can coach him back up. That was always his big philosophy. He wants to to break him down so he can get that I'm special out of them and so he can really coach him up. But get back, Mississippi State just they don't have the top end talent at every position that some of these other schools do. You know, in Florida is Florida's got talent. And they can recruit because of Florida, the brand, and where they're located. And you use the comparison with A&M. A&M, A&M's the, the number one, I think it's the most valuable program in college football right now. I mean, and they've recruited out of the, They've recruited well. I mean, anybody that says any difference, stupid. You know, A&M has recruited very well. They have talent. Have talent at every position. You know, to say Jimbo Fisher's a savior, if he was such a savior and did such a good job all the time, why the hell is Florida State in such a bad spot? Well, I think it's what I talked to Aaron about. It was sometimes coaches can be somewhere so long that players, you know, they just get uh, they get set in a way, and then you have to break it out of them, which I which I think is what has happened at A and M. Kevin Sumlin had been there and. The players, you know, they were going eight and four or whatever, and they just knew that's what it was going to be. And I think it just needed a just a coach and change, a little jolt, and it's getting these players motivated again to play instead of being stuck in stuck in you know eight and four land. So they only beat A M or they only beat Arkansas by seven points. I mean, I wouldn't say A and M's all this, that, and the other. Well, Clemson only beat A and M by what one, two, two points, but. We just saw A&M or Clemson should have lost Syracuse at home. Well, Syracuse was also undefeated, but, I mean, you can see where it doesn't work. I mean, Nebraska, UCLA, and um, there's another high-profile school that got a new head coach. All all of them are 0-4 on the year. Nebraska is a harder one to to really look at because Nebraska was good when we were kids and before then because of – was it Tom Osborne, right? Well, and Nebraska wasn't terrible when Bo Pelini was there. I mean, they were winning nine games every year. They just couldn't 
And they, they played for a couple of uh, well. Big 12 championships and stuff, but they haven't recruited well in a long, I mean, since in, in a while. Um, and Scott Frost guys work cut out for him. I mean, I think he'll be all right. I wouldn't have taken that job personally, but he's going to have to, he's got to get them to buy into his culture. I mean, he didn't win a game his first year at, at UCF. I would have gone to Florida if I was him. You were already king in the state of Florida. Yeah, because you're, you're trying to, to justify Dan Mullen would have went to Tennessee. <laughs> no, no, I mean, honestly, I mean, Nebraska isn't – Notre Dame is Notre Dame. Nebraska is sure. not going to be Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame has its own TV network and NBC, basically. Uh, Nebraska isn't in the Big 12 anymore, which is where their tradition comes from. Uh South Bend is a little nicer than Lincoln, probably. Uh, <laughs> and it's not in the freaking cornfield. Exactly. So I mean, I'm with you. I just I also played, think man. I think expectations are going to be a little higher for Frost at Nebraska because he's an alum. He played for him, and what he did at UCF. So I think they're coming back down to reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're also starting a true freshman quarterback. So. Well, they were at the beginning of the season, too, and he got hurt. Uh, he was actually a Tennessee commit under Butch Jones. J.D. Martinez? Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just sometimes, you were, man, it takes a little bit. You were speaking of softer people as well, and that was something me and Aaron talked about, and I just want to get your thoughts on uh, – Jimbo Fisher grabbing face mask and people freaking out about it. Did you see it? Happened to me. Well, I know, but did you did you see what Jimbo did to the kid? Okay, I don't see anything wrong with it, but you can't put that kind of stuff on TV. You can't get it on camera because everybody that's so stamps. It goes back to us talking about sensitivity in today's world. There's too many damn sensitive people that think, you know, it's just like. People don't think you should hunt bears. Like, all right, wait till some bitches start coming to kill people. Then what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, you think that big bastard's all cuddly and all this other nonsense. Bull crap. They've had three people killed by bears here l- lately in Montana because they put a freeze on that hunt, hunting up there. Screw well, you. Well, I was watching. I see uh... a, if I see a bear when I'm up there, that bad boy, if it's brown, it's down. Well, I saw something on TV today in, like, um, one part of the country, they're rescuing the wolves. And then up in Yellowstone and Canada, they're killing them because there's a problem. So there's a little something out of balance somewhere. Yeah, people don't understand conservation. You have to uh, – I'm a big Cam Haynes guy. Yeah, he I don't know if people know who that is. Cameron Haynes? Yeah. A lot of people know who Cam Haynes is. Nah, a lot of people don't, so – He's got like 2 million followers on Instagram. Yeah, I can't listen to him on Rogan's podcast. It's boring. I love Cam Haynes. Cam Haynes is the man. But he was on uh, NRA TV talking about how we need to make sure that, you know, we align the food chain. Like, in Alaska, they don't have problems with bears because they're hunted. In America, we have problems with them because they, there's a very limited... And they end up affecting other ecosystems because there becomes a uh, surplus of bears, and you know which they gotta eat. So, you know they start killing, you know elk calves, 
which in turn means the elk numbers go down or they start killing whitetail fawns and, and you know, stuff like that. No, it affects numbers. And then they when there's the numbers are down, what are they going to eat? People. Cows, dogs. They're going to come after they're going to come off after Money Mike. Money Mike take his Bowie knife to him and get him all like Davy Crockett. You know, he grinned sure. him a bear. Davy Crockett grinned him a bear to death. That's what I'm going to do. The only, the only thing you got going for you is you and that bear going to look like twins. That's right. You got to do is take your shirt off and he's going to like Hey, it's called it's called caveman genetics. That's what it's called, <laughs> caveman genetics. And but when no. and when the planet freezes again, my bloodline will survive while you thin-blooded <sighs> people are going to be gone. Well, the Jimbo thing, I don't see anything wrong with that. I just think he did a, he was, he probably regrets doing it in front of everybody else. I don't think Should. he does be and I, and this is what I talked to Aaron about was to play football at a D1 level, you're an alpha. And when them and when them guys start playing games and they get hyped and they get in the mood, that guy Jimbo was clearly trying to talk to him and get him calmed down and he just wasn't paying attention to him, so Jimbo had to jerk him to get his attention. He did if now if he would have grabbed him by the face mask and twisted it and thrown him to the ground, then we got a serious problem. But sure. he barely tugged his head. I mean, it was an attention getter. I don't disagree with you. I just too many softies nowadays. I think it's a bad move on him. He shouldn't have done it. Mm, all right. Not well, in front of everybody else to watch. I don't have a problem with it. I got hit. You know, I don't know if y'all ever had the ball on the stick to do the, the hiking. I got smacked with that thing a couple times. No, we weren't fancy and had anything like that. We just had a football that a coach would hold and do it. So no, they put like a broom handle in the football. Yeah, we weren't fancy hook, like that. Hook. And I remember, damn it, pro, boom. I got hit a couple times. Okay, well, we've been talking for like an hour, and you still haven't gone over your picks for week six. Man, uh, we, got, we have lots of things to talk about, so I'll go through them. Alabama, Arkansas, that's a no-brainer. South Carolina, Arkansas, Missouri. gotcha. Yeah, you're crazy. I already <laughs> sent you my picks anyways, and you went over them. Got Alabama, Missouri, South Carolina. I took Mizzou because South Carolina's playing like dog crap. Um, LSU, Florida. I'm not sold on Florida. I think Felipe Franks is garbage, uh, especially against LSU's defense. I don't think Burrow will turn the ball over. Um, Ole Miss, UL Monroe. I got to go Ole Miss. Um, Kentucky, A and M. Don't like what. And the sad thing is that's a ESPN game. And Auburn, Mississippi State's ESPN too. Kentucky's playing a little bit better. Um, you know, the home crowd for A&M might make a difference, but at this point, I go Kentucky. Georgia Vandy, go Georgia. I don't. I think Vandy's been demoralized ever since that Notre Dame loss. Um, Auburn Mississippi State. I think it's gonna be very very close. I don't think it's gonna be. I'd be really shocked if it was a blowout. And you know, you and I discussed this at the Auburn Washington game. I have never personally watched Auburn lose in person. So. <laughs> There's that. Um, they usually play pretty well for me. Cause they know I'll come back in that locker room and say, you can get on their butts about it. I just realized we're not going to be able to watch the Texas A&M Kentucky game unless we pull up it on our phones in the stands. We're also not going to be able to watch the Red River rivalry. Yeah, who cares about Can you believe Oklahoma is only seven and a – it's only uh, a touchdown. Is it up? It's up. Yeah. 
You caught it early. I'll tell you what it is. It was at eight something today. I just, I mean, Texas looked bad against Kansas State. It's nine right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Texas looked bad against against Kansas State. So, well, now, and, this and is the defense. Red River rivalry, and Texas has been known to pull the upset before, but uh, the way Kyler Murra, Murray, Murray's playing, I, I just I can't see it happening. I will say that Texas' strong point is their defense, and I was talking to my buddy who lives in Austin, a huge Texas fan, a season ticket holder, and they tend to do very well against mobile quarterbacks. Whether or not they can do that against, you know, Kyler Murray, I don't know. I saw Kyler Murray play as a true freshman, and I watched him get knocked the F out by Auburn in A&M when he was for, playing for the Gaggies. Um, and, yeah, I called them the Gaggies. You know what else we're missing out on? Well, we may be able to catch it. I doubt it, though. We are missing the Conor McGregor Khabib fight. Oh shit! I saw I saw that too, and I was like, I was talking to Dan last night about that. I was like, he's like, well, why don't you go somewhere? I was like, I'm going. Muddy Mike is not going to want to go to a bar to watch the fights. I mean, I'd be down to. I just don't know. Because uh, I mean, this is a seven. I. It's a seven thirty kickoff, which means we won't get done until ten thirty eleven six thirty. I forget all these are. Forget all these on the website or Eastern time. So we'll get done by maybe nine, nine, nine thirty. Yeah. And then we'd either we'll have to it. we'd either have to find a place in Starkville or go back to Columbus where our hotel is. I mean, we may may catch it, may not. I mean May just have to rent it. May just go. have to rent it on our phones. I don't even know how you do that. Uh I think you download the UFC app and pay for it, but uh, this I am hoping for Condor to lose. I cannot stand him anymore. Did you bet it? No. Why not? Because that's just uh, I don't know. Uh, I was a little disheartened because uh, Sean O'Malley is hurt and he's not going to be on the card anymore. Um, I've only seen him fight once, and it was the time he broke his leg, and he was fighting some. He looked Asian or whatnot. But Sean O'Malley broke his leg and couldn't stand up. So he would have lost if the other fighter would have backed off and the referee stood him up and he couldn't stand, then the fight's over. But this other fighter was so dumb that he kept getting on top of him and pounding him on the ground instead of making Sean O'Malley stand up, which he couldn't have done. So he's also Snoop Dogg's favorite MMA fighter so because he likes to smoke the weed. I think... Khabib's going to just maul McGregor. Oh, I think so, too. I think if McGregor, if he's going to win, it's going to win early. And then... Because he's um, just going to push his cardio. And McGregor's notorious for cardio. His cardio's not very good. Today, they just announced that uh, UFC 231 in December will be headlined by Max Holloway, Brian Ortega. So... Brian Ortega's going to win. I think so, too. The man is crazy oh he's good crazy. He's very well-rounded and uh, i think ufc 230 is gonna be um oh my oh my danny is getting another phone call Get- so yeah danny's getting more phone calls in his hotel room crazy people looking for peggy too uh, bad y'all don't know about you can't hear the neighbors they've been screaming and hollering 
I'm about to catch these Thunder cookies here in a second. Uh, but no, UFC 230 is going to be uh, Valentin Shishenkov or Shimshenko. I don't know. She's the girl that beats women. Um, she's probably my f- yeah. She's probably my favorite women UFC fighter right now because she November beats 3rd, women. Right? Yeah, she beats women. Uh, her last fight was a clinic in beating women. Oh, she's nasty. Uh-oh. Oh, my. There we go. Mm, Danny getting that call for Peggy again. He's uh, Danny's not a happy man right now. He's <sighs> uh, a tired man, too, apparently. Yeah, no, I won't be able to go to sleep till like, midnight anyway, so it doesn't matter. I still got some reports I got to do for work. Not not looking forward to those. I'm like a month and a half behind right now. Oh, dude, I've been knocking out paperwork left and right. It's hard to do it sitting in my truck, though, so. I do it all the time. Mm. Uh, anything else coming up sport-wise? Uh, we're going to try Yankees and find this. you playing the athletics tonight for the wild card. Oh, I was so happy the Cubs lost last night. <laughs> I stayed up and watched it all. Oh. Uh, Cannot I, stay I actually, in the Cubs. I fell asleep in the twelfth, and I woke up, and the Cubs lost. I was like, "Ha ha, ha ha!" The Yankees were up last score I saw. I haven't been able to watch it because you deleted the half the podcast. I, I'm checking it on my phone right now. The Yankees are up two nothing in the top of the fifth, but Oakland's got two on with no outs. So, oh, Nick Saban calls out Tides. Students for not showing up. I was actually uh, who was I watching that game with? Must have been must have been the coworker out here. And I was talking. I was I mentioned that to him because uh, you know that game was as bad as it was. I said this is going to be another one where Saban complains about the students leaving at halftime. Uh, oh yeah. But, but when it's when it's UL Lafayette and it's not a close game, why would those kids stay there in ninety hundred degree weather? Honestly. Nah, It's not like they would have left during the Auburn game or something. Yeah, I will tell you one thing. You know, a developing situation for our game next week. Unfortunately, the game is at eleven o'clock, and that sucks. It's all it's all Tennessee's fault. That means we can't go out to the bars on Friday night and have some fun because I'm old and I'll be hungover as hell and miserable. Trying to go to a game, so I'm gonna be responsible. Might go to the bar for like a, a beer and hang out, but nope, not staying out all night because we gotta be <laughs> up at like seven o'clock in the morning to do some tailgating to show Mr. Mike here what can, Auburn's all about. Can you tailgate without a tailgate though? Yeah, we can walk around and make friends, mm. or we can just go to the bars. They'll so be we open. so we can find some Tennessee fans and I can flash them the Tennessee hand sign and. They'll know. I don't know how many of your Tennessee kind are going to be at the game, but... Uh, I'm sure they'll travel. They'll mm-hmm. be there. No, I mean, it, it, it just... We won't be able to I'm gonna, do I'm gonna be, to I got to be on guard the whole time because I know there's going to be them rowdy Auburn fans that are going <sighs> to just be hateful. Nah, they won't. Just like you got to watch out for them Mississippi State fans being hateful. You know, I, I read something today... You know that Mississippi State has to stop using the cowbells as soon as Auburn gets their centers has the hand on the ball. Yeah, he said it's Gus been said like the, that the whole time. It's Gus been like that for centers, years. Gus said the center's going to have his hand on the ball almost the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing. 
I got a uh, kick out of that because they said that today. Oh, that's going to be another great thing about that. We're going to be in a Mississippi State section, and you just love that cowbell. Luckily, I have some earplugs because I'm more than likely going to need them. Oh. Well, don't don't worry, dude. When when if Auburn starts winning, I'll steal Aaron's cowbell and just like, yeah. No, I'm kidding. I won't do that. But it'd be pretty funny. I'd if it's a blowout, I'd be worried about my safety leaving that stadium. I know I I know I was after South Alabama beat Mississippi State. So I ain't worried about them dudes. Wait till somebody spits on you. First person that spits on me, they're gonna get their ass beat. (laughs) I'll tell you that right now. That son of a bitch better pack his lunch because he ain't gonna make it. I don't Uh, care who they are and how many of them there are. Somebody spits on me, I will lose my mind. And saying on the, I got a question for you because while we're doing this podcast, I've had the SEC network up because Tennessee's playing uh, Alabama and women's volleyball, and just is this not the lead? Like the booty shorts are do not seem to match with the Me Too movement and uh, objectifying women. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't, I don't know, but I saw the funniest thing on Twitter the other day. Not to change the subject on you, but Alyssa Milano. I think it's Alyssa Milano. Melissa Milano has been bashing that whatever dude was. What's his name? Oh uh, yeah, I know who. You, don't know who you're talking about. So the nominee for Supreme Court Justice. Oh, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. She's been bashing him all this bullshit about raping. That she put and you know I'm gonna take this quote. Let me <laughs> let me find this. <laughs> Because it is hilarious. And the report, the freaking mentions on it afterwards are amazing. And I'm well, going to hold on. Let me get that. Well, while you're looking for that, I don't want to be, you know, sexist or a, a pig or whatnot. But, you know, in high school and stuff, you want to hook up with the, uh, the, the hot chicks. Isn't that right, Danny? Um, Do I? Yeah. Have you seen a picture of what this girl looked like when she was 15? And what he looked like. Oh, no. Uh, you, you should look up what her... And I know she was 15 and all that. But if we're going to bring up what someone did in high school, I think it's safe to say we need to look at all the facts. And her in her picture from back then, uh, she definitely doesn't look like she'd be going to the cool kids' parties, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, I'm still trying to find this tweet. I think it's- this whole... This whole Absolutely. Brett Kavanaugh thing is, it's a joke. I mean, we're bringing up what kids did in high school, things that if Here he would have been charged, they would have been sealed in a juvenile record and expunged so, and all that. So Alyssa Milano has been bashing this guy for, you know, what is being uh, the allegations against him. Right. Uh, rape and all this other stuff. Not rape, sexual assault. He didn't sexual rape assault. anybody. Well, the sexual assault that happened however many years ago. She tweeted, Bill Clinton, comma, I love you so much. Like, crazy amounts of love. Correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but isn't Bill Clinton been accused a time or two of sexual assault? Uh, Bill Clinton's been accused of actual rape. How funny was that? Because the, the men, the replies to this are hilarious. 
So, and this is one of them. Wow, you're saying that a man that has raped and pillaged through his career and left a trial of sexual abuse and assault, what about all the women he abused? Where is your belief in their claims that have facts, dates, times, and witnesses? Question mark. Just stop. <laughs> Dude, and it goes on and on and on. Well, and I was sitting there reading them for like 30 minutes the other day, and I was rolling laughing. Well, it's just like old Hillary came out and did a video about, or she did an interview saying that Brett Kavanaugh you know, the the witnesses should be believed because this is for a Supreme Court seat and you should, you know, err on the side of caution and people are coming out. Well, uh, didn't you like spend a career uh, arguing for your husband and publicly shaming women that brought allegations against him? I mean, this is it's literally the pot calling the kettle black. So it's it's pretty funny. And I've. I always said that I'm not getting into any of that stuff because it's just not. I don't, I'm one of those people, man. I don't get in politics. don't get in all that. Well, How it's just the hypocrisy taxes? on both sides oh, of it. I mean, the well, liberals and- are going to find what they want. The conservatives are going to find what they want. But you, the, the whole sexual assault Me Too movement, it's it really is, like you say, when you start, everybody loves Bill Clinton, yet he was the womanizer of womanizers. And, yeah. I mean, the sexual assault that he hid and paid for and and bullied out of women, it was just ridiculous. So. It's, it's, it's very comical. Um, I don't get into it all. I don't. I don't make my big. I don't really have much political view. Just have a job, contribute to society, don't kill people, don't rape people, pay your taxes, be a normal human being. Done. You and I will never have. I don't care if you're white, black, gay, whatever. I'll add, I'll add another one on that. Don't stuff your imaginary ideological beliefs onto me either. Well, just just be a normal human person being. Uh, I mean, Danny, I have, you're discriminating have, against hymns and sherms and its and zim I don't care bims. what you are. Don't mess with. Don't bother me. You live your life as happy as you want to be. But they're gonna make you. Care. They're gonna make you. Unless you call them by their pronoun. Well, they're going to do whatever they want to do. I have, <laughs> you know, gay friends, and that's fine. They don't okay, mess with me. Okay, but we, we've completely gotten off the point of women college or women volleyball uh, uniforms, like the booty shorts. Yeah, I like to look at them, and I like, you know, a good, a good athletic booty in them shorts look good, but these girls could be wearing leggings or could be wearing pants. Now, I mean, you ain't ever gonna hear me complain. I mean, I ain't complaining, but I'm just saying, in this mode of the female up. empowerment, I'm just saying. Well, when this I wouldn't want my changed, daughter, I wouldn't want my daughter in this. When this all gets changed, you're gonna be the first person I'm coming after. I'm just saying, I wouldn't want my daughter wearing this. Well, how about you just shut up and enjoy what we have while we have it, <laughs> and stop bringing it up? Because if we go to leggings that have like. Or like puffy leggings, cause so you don't see anything. I'm gonna smack you. Um, blame you in the Southern Lodge Nation. Yeah, uh, we need some people to send them some emails, cause we don't know if this show's liked. I know people are still listening in Sweden, England. Uh, there might be some people listening in the U.S. I really don't know. Send in your comments, Southern Lodge One. That's the number one. At gmail.com. I need to start putting that at the beginning of the podcast, too. I put it in the description, but people don't ever read descriptions. But it's Southern Lodge 1, the number 1, at gmail.com. Uh, give me your top if, five chips. 
And if you're listening, and send your question in, and send in a hot take or a recommendation for Mike to start being more active, create an Instagram, and start I'm not the social media guy. I'm not the social media start guy. Start promoting the Southern Lodge. So if you guys start sending in some emails, Mike will do it. And he'll start promoting it. He'll start showing some pictures of himself, things he likes to do, maybe riding some jet skis. You know, we'll get that going. If you guys start asking questions, Mike's going to do it. Uh, five, I, don't, I didn't do a top five, to be honest with you. I've been too busy with work. Danny, Danny, Danny. Sorry, sorry. But if I had to guess, I would say my list was probably as close to Aaron's because jalapeno cheddar Cheetos are the shit. They're amazing. Regular Cheetos. What is up with y'all having to add all these extra flavors to things that are already good? I will say that we need to reach out to Chex Mix and get Aaron a sponsorship. Chex Mix isn't a chip. I'm sorry. That joker loves the cereal. Whatever else that comes in, <laughs> he likes it all. What that joke? We need to. Well, we need to start hitting up checks. Sun Lodge Podcast is brought to you by Checks Mix. <laughs> uh, apparently, there's a bunch of odd cereals and stuff we need to reach out to. Aaron's cereal list was blew my mind. It's like Checks Mix. Every one of them is some type of Checks Mix. I'm telling you, I do love Checks Mix. Because <laughs> when I was listening to him while I was driving the other day, I laughed. I go, that joker, of course it's Chex Mix. I was a little I was a little shocked that he said jalapeno cheddar Cheetos. That is my favorite. Um, I love those things. And I also like the sweet heat pork rinds. And nacho cheese Doritos, cool ranch Doritos are good too. Hmm. Sweet heat barbecue chips are good too. Well, well I think I had we've... To say uh, my number one, my number one is the jalapeno cheddar. Well, yeah. Cheetos. Well, I think we've run to the end of our time here on the lodge. Uh, added a little song to the end of the other one, the last one we did. Danny, uh, I don't know if you liked it or not, but I'll probably start putting it at the end of podcast. I may try to work it in in the middle somewhere on breaks or something. I don't know. But uh, that's just a little taste of what was almost the Southern Lodge intro music. Uh light light it up i believe is what it what the name of the song is but uh we'll see y'all next time at the lodge one more more thing to end off send in your emails mike get on instagram and start promoting what's that email danny southern lodge one at gmail.com there you go later guys